0: Welcome to the Positive Mindset Podcast, where we work together to raise our vibration, lift our perspective, and build a positive mindset. My name is Henry, and in this episode, we have a special guest, and together, we are going to cover how mindfulness can help you achieve your goals, and from how a young child, you can start to implement these things. So whether you have a kid, you're planning on having kids, or you're just looking for some mindfulness techniques for yourself This episode is going to have a huge impact and I can't wait to get into it. But of course, before we get started, we're going to head to Intention Beach. And if this is your first time joining me, Intention Beach is a place where you go with your higher self. So that way you can really get in the moment. We can enjoy this time together and practice well-being, mindfulness, which we're going to go over today, and set us up for the day. So you can hear the waves coming in. Feel yourself relaxing as you stand on Intention Beach. You can dig your feet in the sand. The sand is nice and warm. The sun has just set on the beach, but you feel the heat from the sun still on on the ground. The waves are crashing in. You can feel that breeze blowing over your body. This is a high vibrational beach. Everything about the air, the water, the sand, the noise, the birds is meant to lift you up. It's all high vibrational energy sent directly to you to help you be in your best mindset. We're going to take a deep breath and we're going to fill in with all this positivity, all this high vibrational energy that is around us. When we breathe it in, it's going to loosen up all the negativity, anything that no longer resonates with us. When we breathe out, we're going to be left feeling at ease and in a more positive mindset. So let's go ahead and take a deep breath in. And hold it. And out. We're gonna do one more breath. And the intention that we're gonna to have today for this podcast is understanding, focus, and clarity. As we bring in this information, we're able to understand it, absorb it, and apply it to our lives. So, again, we're gonna think about being understanding, having clarity and focus throughout the day, but specifically in the next few minutes as we listen to this podcast. Let's take one more deep breath. And out. All right. As we leave Intention Beach, I want to ask you if you are enjoying this podcast and you want to help support me, one of the major things I'm trying to do is grow my reach and be able to do this more full time and expand in this positive mindset universe that we are creating together. The number one way you could help me, if you want to help me, is share this podcast. If every person was able to share it and five other people listen to it from their shares, it would make such a huge difference. So the goal is five shares, if five people listen to this podcast helped me out so much and i'm so thankful for everybody that does it um feel free to join my mailing list it gets an update every time there's a new episode you can also just subscribe whether you're on spotify itunes or google music just subscribe you'll stay up to date and then you can also join the positive mindset facebook community there's a link in the description for that as well we have got an awesome message for today i can't wait to dive in it we're gonna have a quick sponsorship break and then we'll be right back and we are back. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I absolutely appreciate it. each and every one of you that listen and listen through those sponsorship breaks. It allows me to do this. And I'm very thankful to each and every one of you. I know I say it every single time, but I don't think I'll ever be able to express the gratitude I have for everybody that helps support me in this. So this episode is really special. I know we've been starting to do a little bit of having guests on and getting different perspective. And this is another one. She has over five years of experience through kindergarten, through fifth grade, teaching. I'm um, specializing in social emotional and behavioral wellness and also is a mindfulness advocate. Everybody welcome Catherine Negron.
1: Hi everyone thank you uh, Henry for having me first of all um, absolutely
0: Catherine and I'm so excited to have you on because your experience is um, it's unique it's not something that I've talked about or with a lot of people and that's working with kids so you know tell us a little bit about yourself and, and why you're here and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so right now, I'm actually enrolled uh, in a fellowship program. It's called uh, Alliance for Catholic Education at Saint Joseph's University. I am a full time teacher, uh, and I'm also a full time graduate student as well. So they place you in an urban Catholic school in Philadelphia, um, and I have just become very passionate about mindfulness teachings. Um, I've experienced it as a, an undergraduate come in and teaching students how to like live in the moment has really, has really helped them focus on their attention and just become more positive students and using their energy in a good way.
0: Well so I know you so you just said and I didn't know this before but that you experienced it in your undergrad but you're actually working with really young kids right kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, how do you think that that benefits because I know if i did experienced something like that at a young age versus, you know, kindergarten, it's like playtime and a little bit of learning, um, but not anything in that, you know, mindfulness, wellness. And I was lucky. I'm a pretty happy person. I was a happy kid. But, you know, if you don't, if you learn those habits early on, that can make a huge difference.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so right now I'm a second grade teacher. Okay. Uh, so I do work with a number of children, but something that really clicked in my mind as an undergrad, I was, what do you want the future to look like? And I want it to be a positive future. So these mindfulness practices really help you at a young age because it tells you how to live in the moment and how to experience the world around you and feel like you're in control. Because a lot of the time, children, they don't even realize it, but they're thinking about what they ate for breakfast and what they're going to have for lunch or like the pencil that they're tapping or whatever it is. Because children have just as much stress as adults do, just at a much lesser degree than what we think. So I use a lot of these moments of talking about how do you feel? Why do you feel this way? Teaching at at a young age actually gives them the ability to focus on their own mind, their own body, and their own feeling at that moment. And it gives them the ability to kind of focus in and be themselves for one moment, five minutes. And you kind of build up to it.
0: When we learn things at a young age, it's easier to adapt, right? Like we're we're very absorbent at that time and we're able to adapt it and and go to these tools. So did you and I know we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I just started thinking about it. Did you have experience like maybe in your undergrad or things like that where you're in the in the school, right? In the teaching setting and seeing kids learn without it and then seeing kids learn with it implemented and how that affected them?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. I could definitely speak to that. Um, So I was lucky enough to be a substitute teacher in my town in New Jersey, and I live in a suburban town. Um, So I actually saw this in their schools, and the students were able to sit down, focus more, and just be, again, more positive and want to answer questions and want to participate in all of that. Um, And I student taught and all had my experience as an undergraduate in urban Philadelphia. So I student taught with 31 students in West Philly. Um, and that was a very different experience because they were not exposed to it at all. I had students who were standing up, running around, throwing things at me, throwing things at the teacher. I mean, it was just an insanity. Um, and then I thought, well, I saw how this worked in these, these schools. It shouldn't matter. They're all children. Yeah. So then I asked my cooperating teacher, you know, can I do this as a student teacher? You have to obviously ask permission. And she's like, yeah, you, you go for it. You're the teacher. So I started doing these in the middle of the year. You know, it was January when I started student teaching, and by the end, it was May. It was just a whole other difference. They were sitting in their seats. Now, that doesn't sound like that much of a success, but if you are an educator or you do have a child.
0: Yeah, like, I was about to say. <laughs> that is have, a big a deal.
1: So, um, <laughs> that was just a huge deal. And it was just so minute. And then, you know, I started teaching in in North Philadelphia. Right now is where I'm placed in, um, in this program. And I had second grade, this is my second year. and You know, my students were the same way. I had 19 of them. They were all over the place. Some of them had anger, behavior, problems, and running around. And I started in in September this time. And by the end of the year, they were able to calm down. They would ask, I'll get into this in a bit, like we have mindfulness journals that we do where they talk in the moment. I would use those journals and say, how do you feel right now? Why are you angry? And they were able to write down how they were feeling, why they were feeling it, and then coming out to me and saying, Ms. Negron, I, I don't want to throw anything, I don't want to hand anything. I'm going to get my mindfulness journal and they would go in our comm quarter and sit down and just do it themselves. And that my third grade teachers now are telling me, you know, Ms. Negron, I don't know what you did with these students, um, but they're just so different than how I expected. And it, it really does make a difference because they're aware of their own bodies and their own selves. And they can identify if, if I'm feeling X, if I'm doing X, Instead of taking that energy and doing it in a negative way, I'm going to take that energy and make it positive. And that's what you're teaching them. These skills of how to become more positive. Yeah. And it'll make a brighter future.
0: You're right. Like everything you're doing, you're teaching them those things. But on another level, you're, you're giving them another perspective. Mm. Like you're allowing them to almost above access, see like the situation and analyze it differently versus being an emotion, being in it. And that's a trait that you know a lot of us need all the time, right? When we get in an argument with our, our spouse, our family member, or things like that, and we get almost like a second grader where we start acting in a certain way. Now, maybe we might do it in a different way but we get like zeroed into where we can, where we can only see with these blinders on and then you're giving this, them this ability. So when you go into, we're going to go into like what you actually do and like all that stuff right now. Um, but if you're listening, like, yes, this will be beneficial for your kids. Absolutely. But in reality, this is going to be beneficial for me as an adult. Um, because I'm gonna be listening to these techniques and stuff like that and think, what can I apply? We're never too old to start implementing something, and it's great that they're getting this opportunity early. But if you're listening now, this might be the first time you're hearing it, and that might be the sign to, okay, I'm gonna implement this for myself because if you're getting it to work for young kids, that means you've simplified it to just ways that work. There's no fluff. It just works. So so the floor is yours, you know break down, like what are you doing? How's it work? Like let's get into the details.
1: Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Um, So how it kind of starts is this thing called focused attention. So focused attention, it relates to meditation. Um, It's basically the moment. You're trying to focus your own body, your own brain in this exact moment of time, Um, just because your brain is not in control. It's survival mode is to just survive. But because of that, it's hard for our brains to even process what's going on. Because there's so much that goes on at all times. So you're taking that one moment, five minutes, whatever it is, and you're just keening in on it. Now, I talked about it before saying, how do you feel is how I always start mindfulness. Like I just teach them, what does the word mindfulness mean? This is a term you need to know. Um, And then there are different techniques that I really go into.
0: So for someone that doesn't know, what does mindfulness mean? Like, what is the answer that you give them?
1: Okay. It's about being in the moment. Mindfulness is, that is like the definition, being in the moment and trying to make your life less stressful.
0: Okay. So that's that's like being in the moment is existing now. So like an example would be, let's say I'm at the, I'm at the doctor's office because I'm getting tested for something, um, you know, so I'm there for a stressful situation. Being not in the moment would be thinking about the results that I'm getting back versus being in the moment would be sitting there looking around the doctor's office. What temperature is it? You know, what? what's the sky out like? What am I wearing? Like, is that what you're saying? Is being in the moment yeah. of mindfulness?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's something like that. It's also um, a way to approach everyday life that makes okay. living more enjoyable and less stressful. I was okay. kind of talking about that. So you're being aware of this moment and being aware of all moments and just keening in at that one time. So one of the things that we do is journaling. Um, I give my students every every year a mindfulness journal, and we answer different questions, being relating to gratitude or diversity or friendship, things that relate to them at a much smaller scale um, okay. and positivity. So they answer questions or they talk about their emotions. Um, something else is that I do is just showing videos. So, you know, studies have shown if you show fish, it's just like it's crazy. It's like fish swimming around something that it does in the brain helps you calm down and having like this calming piano music or just guitar music in the background it helps them That's i don't right. know it, it they is say that it's just like,
0: for kids or is that just studies in general
1: it studies in general it helps adults as well um okay. but they really have done this with children specifically okay <laughs> It's more of a benefit for them. Same thing with nature scenes. The reason that we, um, something that we do is, is with our classroom environment is have blues and greens because the blues remind us of water and the greens remind us of nature. And putting those two things together also helps serenity and it helps them be calm. Okay. Um, it's how those environments in general. So just, when I show videos of them, they're actually using their senses. Their five senses, they have to write things down relating to that. Um, because it fo- they have to focus on that moment, what's going on in that video and take it and write it down. So they're actually doing it simultaneously. Something that relates to mindfulness or just being in that moment, it comes naturally. you talked about this. I've heard other people talk about it on your show as well. It's just your breathing comes naturally. It's something you can always go back to because it happens naturally. They don't have to think about it. That's why you tell a student, that's why you do it yourself as an adult when you're meditating. Just go back to something that you can do and you're used to. And you enjoy. <laughs> we all breathe.
0: You know, with all those techniques and stuff, how would you say, like, implementing that? Is that like, okay, we're going to go over all this at once, or do you break this down in stages? I mean, I know the mindfulness is like first understanding that, and then how does those how do those steps work? So if someone's listening and they're maybe taking notes or they're coming back and listening to this and like, okay, what's an appropriate way for me to break this down?
1: Now, this is the great thing about this. There are no right and no wrong answers. It's kind of just how you take it. So how I took it um, from my experience was three basic steps. The first one is acknowledging your emotions or acknowledging this whole focused attention thing. Like how do you feel in the moment? They have to acknowledge that it's all about them. To me, that takes about two to three months. (laughs) Sounds crazy. But if you, I do it every day in small doses, it's either 15 minute lessons, or you can make it into a 45 minute lesson. Or if you're a parent at home, like just doing these exercises for five minutes a day, like breathing, that's something that you can do easily. Um, The next one is like, how do my emotions impact my everyday life? Or how how does what I'm learning right now, me as human being, you know, Catherine affect, you know, Henry. Um, And doing that part is the reflection part. So if I'm doing my mindfulness journals, how does this relate to me? How does being a good friend relate to me? How does a good friend, being a good friend, help you know, Susie in my classroom and then take it that way. So it's relating to someone else with you. And the last one I really try to focus on that a lot of people forget is a reflection on how this relates to the outside world. As educators, I know this is something I was taught in college like a billion times. It is so important for us to make sure that it's not just the immediate. There's, you know, students get caught up in like the classroom. This is my teacher, this is myself, this is my, these are my students, my family, my little bubble, especially with COVID, they're not being exposed to that outside world. And as educators and as, you know, parents or guardians of children, we have to really make them aware that there is an outside world. And doing this, step, I think, is the most important. And asking those tough questions, when I teach diversity, my students know what diversity is and they understand what that concept means. What is it? How does it relate to everybody? Well, we don't look out. Where, and a question is like, where do you see diversity in the world? Is, some, is something I ask, and they just say, oh, on the bus, in the supermarket. One of my students actually told me, I drive by in my car and I see different people. I didn't even think about that kind of an answer, but yeah. they you know? So that is the final step Um, just because it leads them into their next grade where they know they're going to be jumbled up. They might not be in the same class and they go out and they talk to each other. So, and especially during COVID now, I think it is really important that they understand this part that there is an outside world.
0: And we're going to take a quick sponsorship, sponsorship break. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. And so, you know, just stay tuned and we'll be right And we are back. Thank you so much for hanging in there. So uh, Catherine is dropping some excellent knowledge for us, um, not only to help our youth, our future, you you know, we talk about helping our surroundings and lifting each other up. Well, there's no better place to start with the youngins that are making their way up to the ranks. And of course, we can apply this to ourselves as well. But there is an the end game where she's going with this, you know, the goal of what she's trying to achieve. And that's where we're going to head to next. So the floor is yours. Let's talk about next step. Where are you going with this? You know, where's the big picture?
1: Right before the break, we ta- I was talking about this reflection part, um, how it really needs to relate to the outside world. Um, well, there's this thing that's called limitless p- potential. And it's basically you are in that, you want to get there. <laughs> it is when you are in complete control um, of your body, your mind, you're putting all these different techniques, and you don't need a prompt per se. I don't need to say, you know, what is friendship? They know what friendship is. They can acknowledge how they feel about it. They know in their brain, they know in their body what it is without me actually asking the question. They will implement it, not in themselves, but outside of the world as well. Um, and there's also a part that has to do with um, this thing called quiet confidence. Now, many of us know what confidence is. Um, it's really important that we know what quiet confidence means. And it really talks about vulnerability. You are vulnerable and it's okay to not know what is going on. As from a child's perspective, most parents know when they hit one or two years old and the question is always why, why this, why that. And you just can't answer because you don't know. It just is. So having children be aware of it is what it is, you know, they are becoming confident that that's just the way life is. There doesn't have to be an answer to everything. Um, And just settling that in your mind at a young age, it really does reduce stress. Yeah. Because there are so many questions that we have as adults (laughs) that unfortunately can't be answered. Um, So that's something, that's why that's always the very last step. And that's something that you're not going to get to as a seven-year-old, as an eight-year-old. You're not, you might not even get there as like an 80-year-old. <laughs> most
0: you know, of that's something aren't right there right now.
1: Exactly. You're always trying to work up to this thing called the limitless potential. So even introducing that concept to a child is something that is very deep. And then it actually ends up going back kind of like a cycle to where it begins because you have to be in that, to reach there, you have to be in the moment, present. Yeah. So this whole mindfulness thing, I remember I had this epiphany <laughs> and I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's all connected. It's not just you know, step one, step two, step three. It is yeah. a flow. There is always like, you can always go back to this attention that I was talking about, focused attention. And then you can re- reach your limitless potential and then go back to acknowledging your feelings to help you get closer to there. So there, these are all steps that are constantly ever, ever flowing. And, you know, that's why part of it is like the replacement of um, judgment and letting things go and then filling it with kindness and love. So you're taking this whole judgment part out of it and then creating that positive mindset in there by giving them like things like diversity and friendship and reflection, all of these different steps and these different like small interjections that you're teaching them these skills, They're using it for the rest of their their lives. That's why I have become so passionate in this um, from such a young age. But it's something that I can see in just these years that I've had my students full time, that it is making the biggest difference. And it can be in any neighborhood because I was in suburbia and now I'm in an urban neighborhood and it's doing the same thing.
0: What I love about it is, you know, a lot of the stuff that I get into, and, and if you listen to the podcast, you know is, you know, I talk about vibrations and spirituality and lying God and things like that and and getting alignment and creating your frequency, your vibration. Like I'm talking a lot of, uh, you know, out there stuff and the way I'm labeling it. Right. But, but you're diving into, it's like the science is coming along line with it and realizing like when you said the first thing is the same as the last thing, the only way that's possible is if it's vibration, right? It's not an actual thing. It's a state of being. Right, Mm -hmm. and then there's different levels of that state of being that you're getting in, and so um, I could tell. And if you're listening, you could probably tell in her voice, like when you start getting those things, and like the, um, like you're in the flow, like things are like the ideas are coming, and and like the excitement. It's because you're in tune with with what is right and like what is love, and it's like a positive message, and it's always gonna grow. And I know we went over a lot, and so this is one of those podcasts where. Um, Of course, you could always listen to any of my podcasts over and over again, but this is definitely one of those ones that I would recommend going back and playing again, because there was a lot of really good information here that you could apply to your kids if you have them, but to yourself too. I mean, there's a lot when you were talking that I'm going to go back and and look at and say, you know, how can I, how can I make sure that I'm in the state, right? Because there's the educational part. Right, which is what we're doing. We're talking it. We're putting the information out there, but then there's the practice of it. it was, you know, and if it, if you're not practicing it, then it's not gonna gonna work. And you have to be in that state 24 seven to become it. Right, because that was the ultimate goal. Right, so in game is to become it. Like your default mode is love, is flow, is presence. Right, it's not built over time. But the beauty of starting with the kid and and Catherine's going to give her, her information where you can follow up with her. And if you have any questions, stuff like that in just a second, but and I, I really recommend you doing this, but show support for, you know, we always say like support our teachers or, or whatever, you know, we, we say that, but not all teachers are the same. Uh, not all people are the same. And so when you're doing something different, like you're doing now, You're going to get some love, right? There's going to be people that appreciate, oh, my kid's so much well-behaved and stuff like that. And I think the kids that are getting the results, which is going to be most of them, their parents are going to give you that support. But there's going to be teachers, your peers, that are actually going to be against what you're doing because they've done it their way for 20, 30 years, and they're so stuck in it. Like, this is how you do it. You have to discipline them. You have to do this. Or you just can't help those kids. There's nothing you can do. Or they need to be on this medication. They need to be... Like, there's so many things that Kratten's going to go through in her life and her commitment, because this is probably just the start, right? If you're starting here, which is way beyond what I was doing in my early twenties you know, when you get a little bit older, you're going to just be doing even larger things. So I encourage you the love and the support that you guys give me, um, please share that with her too. And then you can ask questions as well. Like, Hey, you know, I like this, you know, tell me a little bit more. I'm sure she'd be happy. I'm putting her on the spot, but I'm sure she'd be happy to give information on that because the people that we see that are really making a a difference in a not agendaed way, right? I'm not getting the sense that there's an agenda of how you're wanting these kids to understand things. You're just trying to be present and be the best version of themselves and not perceive anything in your view or someone else's view, but in their view. Um, so I think that's huge. So on that note, you know, what would you like people to check out? How can people follow you? And, and the links to everything she said will be in the description, of course. So-
1: Thank you for all of that. That was definitely, you brought up some really good points. This whole mindfulness that I've been teaching, we, I made it one one curriculum X type wave last year, and then this year I have a completely other class, and that's as educators and even as parents, you know every child is different. So kind of just keeping that in mind, whatever works for you at that moment or works for your classroom or works for your child might not be the same as someone else. That's why you have to differentiate or do something different for every single child. That's why I created this website that I'm going to tell you about. Um, it's called work to live, don't live. wicksite.com slash mindfulness. Um, it is in the description below because I know that's a mouthful. Yeah, just um, click the link. <laughs> yeah, just click, just click the link. Um, in my website that I created, um, I have four different kinds of tabs. It talks about what mindfulness is if you still really don't 100% understand, which is understandable. Um, I have my own mindfulness classroom activities that kind of goes through, you know, in the mornings. What what I do, I make my own morning meeting songs, like the ones you usually see on YouTube with people dancing. I do one, I do those um, positive messages, things like that. Um, I also have expression through meditation. They're just five to ten minute breaks that you can do with your own children or in the classroom. Um, mindfulness resources that I have in general, um, I've created a couple of lesson plans. I have playlists, things like that that really just go through and help um, students understand, you know, a, a much younger scale, um, songs can be very powerful. So I have a, my home playlist. I've gathered a bunch of different songs and even talked about, you know, what kinds of activities you can do with those songs. Um, and then I also have my uh, email address. If you ever need anything or have any questions, um, you can always email me at katherine.d.negron at gmail.com
0: is there anything else that you want to mention that you want to say that to tell everybody of course check out everything in the description but is there anything else that you want to end on
1: um no i think it's just same thing i've always said what do you want the future to look like i think that's always resonated with me and doing these things from such a young age it can really impact our future and make it look the way we want to with spreading love and spreading kindness and being positive so that's why I really think that these things are just so important and I'm just so passionate about it. And I hope that other people, you know, become either passionate about it or just think about it um, after listening to
0: I this. I think we are. I mean, I think if you're here, you are a part of it and you want your surroundings to level up too. And this is a great way. So share this podcast if you enjoyed it. It helped me out. If you're ever wondering like how can I help them, you know, I would appreciate that. If you just share it with one or two people, that would make a huge difference with me and where I'm trying to go with it. But also, it's a good message. You know, I think today what we learned it was really beneficial and help anybody so it could help them as well. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you have a great day and I will talk to everybody tomorrow.